Welcome into another episode of the Art of the Dive FPL podcast. This is Nick. I'm going to be hosting the episode for tonight. I've got Jake with me for this evening podcast. Jake, how's it going? Uh, it's going okay. It's the new Nick and Jake show. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're kind of taking over the pod because yeah. uh, Jim is is doing some some nationwide traveling right now. Marco is in the thick of it with the start of his season, so he's very busy. So yeah. we're trying to hold it together. Hopefully, you all uh, can bear with us for uh, a few more weeks until we get the squad back and rolling together regularly. Our plan moving forward is always to be potting on Sunday evenings and then throwing the pot out there for the listeners Monday morning or Monday by midday. And that would be like Central or Eastern Time U.S. So not sure what that translates to, like early afternoon U.K., something like that. Yeah, so, I still uh, don't know So apologies that. Yeah. for the last few weeks, but uh, it's it's been a rough couple of weeks. Jake, uh, <laughs> how, how have your last few weeks gone <laughs> FPL-wise? Can you just uh, bring us up to speed what your team looks like yeah. and, and what, what kind of moves you made over the past few weeks? Yeah, it's going about as well as us holding the podcast together has gone, um, if that gives you any indication, since we've missed two weeks. Um, I did wildcard, and I don't know why, but I took out Holland, so that's really all I need to say. Um, I've missed on like all the big hauls this year. Like Jesus wasn't in my team for his big haul, and I was like, oh, I'll get him in, and then he's like, meh, Holland, yeah. Missed out on two hat tricks in a row, you know, times times like those. So, so you you moved out Holland on your wild card right before the first of the two games that he played where he got a hat trick and right in a row. Yes, yeah. So that's me. That's typical, stupid Jake. You know, I don't. I, well, like, I, did you did you happen to talk to Jim while you were wild carding? I'm I, just curious. I, did did Jim have anything to say to you while you're wild carding? So I didn't want to talk to Jim and then I I did because he kept bothering me and that was my mistake and that's when it went all yeah. downhill even further downhill than the season's already gone so uh, I'm going to make sure to block Jim next year so that I can't receive texts or calls during the FPL season it's going to be sad but it's going to have to happen no it's it's a strategy that Jim employs for sure so Jim isn't necessarily a good fantasy sports player, but I think he's a good person who gets inside of our heads and convinces us that his advice is good advice. And if it's not good advice, he will be like, aha, gotcha. And if it if it works out, he's like, see, I told you. So uh, I think that's kind of Jim's, he's effective at that. And you really have to tune him out. What I've done so a couple of years ago, Jim like totally screwed up my team in the early stages of the season and it ruined the entire FPL season for me. So what I've done now is I'm like, oh, yep, yep. Good, good, good thoughts, Jim. I appreciate where you're coming from. And then I do the opposite of whatever he tells me to do because it, it ends up actually working out better for my team. So I'm sorry that that happened and that he convinced you that bringing in KDB was a good idea and... uh getting rid of Holland was was like a sneaky play? Were you thinking that that would be a differential? So the funny thing is, is all I said to him was that I think KDB is going to be better than Sala. And then somehow it got warped into Holland wasn't on my team, which I get it. Like that kind of makes sense. If you're going to go KDB, like why go Holland? 
Uh, but yeah, it was bad because KDB didn't even play last week. And then I took him out this week and he gets an assist, which I had to. I had to take him or Salah out. And I left Salah. I don't know. I, I'm a mess. I, I was much better at this game when I didn't do a podcast. Not that I was great, but even if looking at my like old stats. So my yeah, season's over. You're- I'm like sitting under 300 points still but it's fine you know it's fine it's i'm, I'm like that cartoon where that that dog's drinking a cup of coffee and his house is on fire like it's fine you know yeah so. that's a good attitude to have you know sometimes things are out of your control yeah. and and even if they they you know maybe you made some poor choices um it's not your fault you know it's not yeah. your fault it's jim's fault computer's fault it could be anyone else's fault, but I appreciate the position that you're in because I think every league needs someone who like every move that they make, it just doesn't come off for them yeah. so that I can feel okay with like the, the season that I'm having. So essentially what my season is looking like so far is I, I do have Holland. I did not drop Holland and I captained him appropriately, but I've, I've had many players where I've moved them out and then the next week they've gotten hauls. So um, or they've at least gotten a return. And it's been very frustrating because I'm kind of chasing points. So, um, you know, it's it's been tough. Like every week I, I dropped Walker for whatever reason to try to add some flexibility into my lineup. He ended up getting a return the next week. I dropped Rashford and he had a huge haul this week. And it would be a great yeah. differential player to have on your lineup right now. So um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I'm, I'm not as bad as you like like. You know, I'm doing okay. I don't want to give up on the season, it's, but it's, I could be doing better. It's it's hard when you make those moves, and then if you just would have held, you could have done much better. So than if you I made have those to changes. Ask, yeah, I have to ask. What was your thinking behind taking out Rashford? Because the funny thing was, is I mean, I basically have gotten all my picks wrong this year. Uh, Mitrovic is like the only player I brought in on wild card that was a good move, and then I benched him when he got his three bonus points and a goal. Um, same for Zaha, brought him in and benched him the week that he, I thought he was injured and he played. And that was dumb on my part, but I was also very on to Rashford and I was looking at his underlying numbers and they weren't that bad. And I, I, again, I just like, I don't know why I don't just do my own research. I think it's cause I'm like immersed in it and it's like, that's why I stay so far away because, you know, I asked some of the, the group and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, all this talk about Rashford looks disinterested and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I mean, it doesn't look that bad to me. You know, so what was your thinking behind taking Rashford out, out of curiosity? So the the first, I think, first two games of the season, Man you looked like absolute garbage. Like oh, if you oh, watch okay. them play, I think they got destroyed, what, 4-0 against Brentford. So that was the game where I was like, I need to move Rashford. He's going to price drop. Man, you look like hot oh. trash. They are not going to be a good team. And then they turned it around, I think, against Liverpool the next week. And I think he had a return in that game. He got the, the yeah. game-winning goal. So it, it just was like eye test. He didn't pass the eye test for me. I wanted to get out of that situation as quickly as possible. So, you know, one of the strategies that I use early on in the season is try to be, build team value. And so I make quick transfers yeah. of guys I think are going to drop to guys I think are going to price rise. So at this point, I have a, a, a more valuable team, but, uh, you know, a worse FPL team, FPL points wise. So that, that it is makes what sense, it is. though, to bring them out that week. You know, I thought you brought them out like maybe more recent. 
but yeah, that weekend made no. would have made sense. And it's tough because it's only two games, and they did they did look absolutely terrible. And then you know the question a lot of people kept posing like, "Oh, Rashford's questionable to play." Well, he's played. 80 minutes like every game actually today he played 79 minutes which is his fewest minutes played and he had his best haul so i think the, i think the like we talk about there's a lot of like confirmation bias for whatever reason and yeah. we need to stop doing that and i think it's a mix of looking at the numbers you know but i went grob or gross over gross over Rashford and so Gross got an assist this week, which isn't terrible. But Rashford would have been the much better play, and those were the two players right. that I was like strongly debating. And then of course Rodrigo, who had good underlying numbers and looked good, you know, got gets touched and then breaks his shoulder. So you know this. Yeah, has was that just, the week you brought him in? You yeah. brought him in and then he, he broke his yeah. shoulder. So if That's I funny. if I bring you into my team, it's bad. It's bad news bears for you. So I just need to start bringing in like Spurs players and Man U players, and then I'll get get the better of it but yeah yeah all right so right now what is your uh, point total and what's your overall rank oh, God. um so my point total is 288 um solid 42 this week three points under the average of 45 um and then my overall rank is six million six hundred eighty eight thousand and change so yeah, it's the worst year I've ever had, and it's fine. I don't know if I'm going to be. Able it's to, early. It's early. I maybe we'll catch up a little bit. Top 100k is probably going to be very difficult, but we'll try. Um, but yeah, right as of right now, I have Trent, um, Parasic, Walker, Cucurella, and Saliba, and I I like that back line minus Cucurella or Cucurella. Um, because, I, I, again, I don't understand what Tuchel's doing without playing Chilwell. We kind of talked about that in the group a little bit. And then I have Sanchez in goal. Um, and then in the midfield, Salah, Martinelli, Gross, and Zaha. So literally just one assist this week from Gross from that group. Martinelli got a goal taken away, which I would like to talk about. But it's not an EPL refing podcast, so we'll let it go. And then Holland, who I captained. So at least I made that correct decision. And then Mitro. And then Jesus, who... I feel like, granted, it wasn't an assist from him, but man, that guy gets fouled more than any player I think I've I've watched in all the games, um, and I I feel like he should at least get an assist for that when a guy like trucks into you and the ball bounces and that guy scores. I feel like that should count, but whatever FPL, screw you. Yeah, that's tough. It's he's a fun player to watch from like just a football fan perspective, but it's tough watching the games when you have him in your lineup, and he's he's like involved and and very very closely involved to the kind of attack and maybe like one pass off from a goal or something like that. Uh, this, or, yeah, you know, it, just I agree. He's dangerous. I don't know. I, I just it's it's tough watching him. He's one of those players who's kind of on my on my list that I'm thinking about moving out just to drop down to a lower price forward and then have a little bit more flexibility in my team. But I'm not really sure on that one. Yet. I've debated it as well. But like, here's the argument too. Uh, and Tony would be the person that I've debated. And of course, he gets a hat trick with an XG today of 1.1, right? I feel like most of his goals have been pretty lucky. Now, he is pretty heavily involved. Um, he's, you know, on PKs, which is always good. And we don't 
really know who's on PKs for Arsenal because Arsenal get fucked every single week by referees. Sorry for all the sensitive ear listeners, but they, they absolutely get screwed. And that's that whatever. Arsenal bias, call me on it. I don't really care. But um his his goal involvement's actually a full like one above Tony. So He's more, so I think you could go either route on that. And I think Mitrovic and Holland are two also great players to have. So I think the forward line actually is a pretty easy pick as of right now. And it's probably, you know, a mixture of those four players. I don't, and, and, and I don't think Kane is terrible, but like, unless you're trying to go Kane and Holland and then maybe a 4.5, like it's just hard to afford on your team. Um, but yeah, I, I've just, I feel like the premier league, that's the last thing I'll say on the roughing. I promise. Promise. I, I understand why <laughs> okay, they, they got rid of like soft fouls, but that doesn't mean that if a guy gets absolutely grabbed, like on purpose, it shouldn't be a yellow, right? <clears throat> that's not a soft foul. That's a foul. And that's like denying a, a good chance. Like, McTomin just just watch what McTominay did to I think it was Jesus today or maybe Saka. Yeah, I saw the video just clip. He just ripped him down. Slammed yeah. him. And that was the one time they fi- Tierney finally gave a yellow card, but Varane was just all over him today, all over Jesus, just grabbing him every single time. It's like I could play defense if I was allowed to grab a guy every every two seconds. Like it's ridiculous, but that's that's it for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Art of the Dive refing yeah. podcast Ref. coming at you. Yeah. Next refing decision we're going to be talking about is the offsides call against Gabriel Jesus in uh, game oh week three. God. Jake, Don't how do you up. feel about that? Just kidding, just kidding. We're not going to do. We're, we're not, not going to go there. We're All right. Go. So just in terms of my team, I'm sitting at 372 points. I have an overall rank of just over a million, so 1.2 million. Uh, not not exactly where I'd like to be at this point in the season, but I'll take it. Um, my goal is top 100K. Uh, just, you know, kind of an arbitrary number, but just something to strive for, I guess. So um, currently I have a pretty template team. Uh, I do have uh, Melier and Gull from Leeds, and that's a stupid, stupid decision. I think Thomas Bracken called me out in the Discord, and Thomas, you're absolutely right. That was a stupid goalkeeper choice, and I'm kind of stuck with him right now unless I want to burn a transfer on him, which I may do this game week. I also have TAA, Cancelo, Trippier, and James in my back line kind of as the starters. I have Emerson from West Ham as my bench 4.0 defender. And then I picked up Gross just recently, and he's kind of been disappointing compared to what he was doing. Have Sala, of course. Then I I still have Luis Diaz on my team, and I have Martinelli. Um yeah, just kind of a disappointing game week from all the midfielder players that had a lot of promise and some decent matchups. Um, Holland, I captained um, pretty template there, and then Gabriel Jesus as my other striker. And so I'm thinking about moving out Jesus, like I mentioned. I kind of yeah. want to get on some of these players, but I also don't want to chase points too much. I think I, I tend have I, a tendency I, to do that where... Guys performing the first few game weeks, and then it's like I go for him, and then he kind of levels off. Here's it's a a, yeah. Here's my thought on that though. They have Everton at home, which Everton's decent, but at home Arsenal seem to be a much stronger team. And then they have Brentford away, which is a little bit of a trap game. But I feel like you got to hold them for those two at least, right? 
I doubt yeah. he plays Europa. I bet Nikedi gets a run out and then maybe make your decision there. Like if Jesus plays in Europa, maybe you do drop him. But his underlying numbers are good. Like you said, he tends to be involved. But I agree. He's he's you know they know everybody he's their best player on Arsenal, so everybody's kind of like going to him, which actually gives Saka and Martinelli better chances, but we'll see. I, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't get rid of him. And like Martinelli too, like you said, it was just kind of an unlucky week. I mean, Martinelli had a goal taken away and then had a really good header that was saved by De Gea. You know, Sala, I saw his good chance against Everton and Pickford made like a decent save and then it went off the post. And so, I mean, I think... Yeah. I think you're right. Like, be careful with chasing points. If you're not hopping on a player that has like a lot of good fixtures in a row, that makes sense. You know, you 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 have these guys right now for a reason. And even Grob, his underlying numbers are aren't bad. McAllister is getting a PK every game, but like, will that continue? Probably not. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to get interesting here, too, with uh, European um, fixtures mm-hmm. midweek. I don't know if that changes your thinking in terms of the rotation of players, but um, any any thoughts kind of with the, the Europa Champions League group stage games that are going to maybe present some rotational changes for some of the big teams? That's what I mean, that's why I'm hoping where my team can kind of shine a little bit because I do have a lot of guys that aren't a part of that, hopefully. Um not my defense, but, you know, Zaha, Gross, um, hopefully Martinelli isn't playing much in that game. I feel like Arsenal need to run out other players, and then Mitro and Je- uh, Jesus probably isn't going to play a lot. So it's really just Sala and Holland that I'm worried about, and then the back line, but I have five starting defenders, so I feel like I can just hopefully rotate those guys as need be. So we'll see. Okay. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, we got to see if they play or not. But, what I mean, are you going to, like, stay away from guys like Salah and Holland? I mean, I feel like you're going to have to hold. I'm just going to – I'm going to hold those guys. I think maybe I'll consider some rotational players towards guys who don't have European fixtures. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not a very good planner. So, you know, Jim is terrible at suggesting players to bring in, but he's pretty good about just the fixture congestion the and thinking about yeah. upcoming matchups. So I'm, I may have to have a chat with him about which teams he thinks are, are going to have like a nice run of fixtures versus congestion and may have some more um, rotation in the lineups. I personally, I like Newcastle as a team that I may target players from. Mm-hmm. Um, Isak is a player that is uh, very intriguing to me. He's like a 6-4 center forward that they just signed. He scored scored against Liverpool, I believe. So um, I'm just curious to see how that kind of pans out. I I don't know like how he performed. Obviously, they ended a 0-0 tie. So um, I don't know what the situation was against Crystal Palace, but he's a player that is kind of on my watch list. yeah, I don't. I'll see how the midweek games go and see kind of what the lineups look like, and and then make a decision from there. I think at this point, I'll transition to making late roster changes. So all of my transfers will happen kind of later in the week or right before mm-hmm. the next game week starts, yep. instead of you know trying to capitalize on on player value changes. So that's where I'm at. Um, let's let's keep it moving. So um, do you want to go over the team hive just kind of where they're at and, and an update on on their status? 
Yeah, sure. Let me do that. I think that's a good shout on. Uh, it's so it's not Isaac. How do you say his name? Isak. Isak. I don't know. I, I try to be like European in my pronunciations <laughs> of the player names instead of like American, like Isaac. Yeah. And Rob. I think that's a, that's a good shout though for him. He's in. He's a he's a one to watch in Newcastle's fixtures turn you know chelsea's fixtures change as well and sterling might be someone to watch but again like you said how much is he going to be playing i feel like he's going to be playing a lot but he's also pretty nailed so maybe not a terrible shout um so art of the hive had a kind of brutal game week this week 41 um but they've been doing very well overall rank of 372,000. so again Having the balance of people who actually know what they're talking about is a good idea. So don't listen to me. Don't listen to Jim. Maybe listen to Marco if he's on the pod and then Nick, you know, listen to Nick. But uh, yeah, they they had a rough week. Um, Captain Holland, though, so it kept them around. And then they 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 played Nico, who got an assist this week, funny enough. That's good. Yeah, that's the the Discord team. Every week they they set up a poll. They choose their 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 changes, their captains. Um, it's it's one of the interesting ways that the we put our heads together and and create an FPL team. And it's always like good every single year. It seems like they're they're in the top. I don't know top one percent of all the teams mm-hmm. and and um, yeah, interesting stuff. So in terms of the PSL Super League, so that is. That's what, Jake. The that's the league of all of the the Patreon supporters that yep. we have. Yeah. So um, I guess normally in the past we'd only read out the the top five to kind of keep things um, short, but because I'm in that league, I like to start with my position and then read up from there. Um, <laughs> actually, it's funny. So Kenny um, was or Kendo was the one who wrote in and uh, said that he appreciated seeing the top ten being read off because he was. Uh, Enjoyed hearing hearing a, a little shout out on the pod. So I'll start with number seventeen. Number seventeen is Early Bath United, managed by Kenny McDowell. Sixteen Butt Stuff United, managed by the real Dr. Jacob Close, aka Nick. How do you feel about that, Jake? Are I mean, you, I'm glad. You, I'm glad for you. I'm just gonna take. Are this. you mad though that I used your name as my uh, kind of my alias in the FPL world? Uh, no, because it, I mean, maybe some people think it's actually me, but probably not. If they listen to the podcast, no, which isn't many, but you know, that's fine. Okay. All right. So I got to read out 17 and 16 just for those specific reasons. And then we'll start with, uh, tied for ninth place. We have the Art of the Dive podcast. So that would be Marco's team. He's tied with Emma, who is managing the Lion, the Witch, and the, uh, uh, it's cut off actually. So interesting team name there. Um, in eighth place, we have Sterling Effort, managed by Luke Boulier. Seventh place, with my favorite name this far in the year, is Bukaki. Uh, I mean, Bukaki, uh, managed by Bobby Love. We have, in fifth place, Need a Better Hobby, managed by Marvin Andre. Also tied for fifth is the Art of the Hive team. In fourth place, we have the Kuyate Kid, managed by Matt Frisky. Third place, we have Z's All-Stars, managed by ZF. In second place, we have Netflix and Chillwell, managed by Matt Hall. Well done, Matt. You're beating Bobby. That's a great, that's a great situation. I appreciate like the rivalry between Matt Hall and Bobby Love. So I'm really happy that Matt is beating Bobby Love there. And then uh, in first place, we have the Teeth of Suarez, managed by Potty Pa. 
um, who has uh, won the PSL Super League last year and is right back up there in first place again um, as of this game week. So well done, fellas and ladies who are part of the league. And um, Jake, why don't you read out the top five of the league dive, which is just our open league for anyone who wants to join that we throw up on uh, Twitter. You don't want to do, you don't want to do top 10. Uh, no. All right. Uh, sorry. Cause league. no one knows who those people are. Like the, sorry, I like dive. our Patreons more than I like random people who probably join like 600 leagues to try to win like a t-shirt or something. Yeah. All right. That's, that's fair. Um, uh, so it looks like top five this week. We have flying without Ings. That's, that's clever. James Trickett. Um, number four, Essex Wolves, Paul Cooper. Number three, Red Devils Rule, uh, DC. Sorry about being a Man U fan, although you're turning it around, Man U. It's sad. Um, number two, Pointus, Maximus FC. Zali Miller, and then number one, the chicken runners, Matt Ansel. Don't know what yeah, those chickens um, are running. So I just them. checked <clears throat> Matt Matt's team, the chicken runners, is currently ranked seven hundredth overall. Oh, nice. So that's uh it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Usually we have uh, a team in the the league dive that's in the the top one hundred. So I attribute that to our excellent advice that we give, you know, mm-hmm. every uh, few weeks on the podcast when we choose to do it. So uh, you're welcome, is yeah. what I'll say there. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll answer some questions quickly and then we'll close it out for today. All right, welcome back to the Art of the Dive FPL podcast. We're going to close out the, the second half of the pod with some questions from listeners. So the first question we got from Kendo was, should we target Leicester players? We also got a question about Bournemouth players. So just kind of two teams. Um, I think the question is is regarding like, you know, if we have a player on our team or we're considering a player that's going to be playing against Leicester or Bournemouth, are those the optimal opponents that we should be targeting? Are those like the games that are going to produce the highest FPL points or are there other teams that we should be considering in terms of really weak opponents? What do you think, Jake? Um, well, I do agree with that. If you look at some underlying stats, uh, the teams that actually give up the most chances are or the most likely to give up goals is Nottingham Forest and Fulham. But Bournemouth is third, and interestingly, Crystal Palace is fourth, and then Leicester fifth. But Crystal Palace has also played some pretty decent squads, um, and they've actually outperformed that, and so is Fulham. So, yeah, I, th- I agree, and I think Nottingham Forest, uh, Fulham, and Crystal Palace are the other teams to look at a little bit. It seems like Leeds have... Uh, pretty bad goals against um or you know they've given up 10 goals which is a fair amount um but their actual underlying numbers so far is decent they're middle of the table um so that's another team that it seems like they give up a lot of goals but they actually don't kind of same with southampton yeah so it's a important Mm -hmm. stats to consider when you're thinking about kind of target opponents or ideal opponents Mm -hmm. i think like the narrative with Leicester and Bournemouth is that they have managers or in Bournemouth's case, they had a manager who didn't really seem like he wanted to be there. I think Brendan Rogers is in a similar situation where he's kind of come out and complained a little bit about, you know, the, the leadership of the club and not investing in, in certain players and kind of being a little bit disconnected. And it's kind of concerning. Um, 
if you were a fan of those those teams, you'd be a little bit concerned. And so what it makes me think is that the club may be in disarray. Uh, so that's kind of the, the narrative element of those team situations. And it's nice to compare that to the stats just to confirm or kind of cast out on that narrative to make sure that you're you're making a wise decision. So definitely it seems like Leicester is a little bit of a dumpster fire and same with Bournemouth. But um, with Bournemouth firing Scott Parker just recently, they they may turn it around. I think they had a the comeback win, right? They mm-hmm. Did they end up winning 3-2 against Nottingham Forest? So, um, you know, maybe, maybe they'll turn it around, but definitely... You know, those five teams that Jake mentioned are, are target teams if you're looking at the ideal opponents. All right, so the next question comes from Two Point Sex Sounds. Given the high ownership of some core players, is 20% ownership or lower a good choice as kind of an effective differential? What do you think on that one, Jake? I, I mean, I would say, yeah, 20% is fine. Again, you don't want to go super differential right now. That's like what gets you in trouble you know this was a weird game week where a lot of the big players didn't hit but i mean i think you're fine holding but yeah if you want to take a shot on someone in the like the 15 to 20 percent range i mean you know we we talked about it a little bit briefly in my opinion maybe not yours as much but like sterling's in that 10 percent range and he has good fixtures he's something someone to kind of consider um you know and then rashford obviously he's still owned by 11 percent. so these guys are still differentials even if they're 10 to 20 percent um i think it's reasonable you're just not going to have like a ton of them on your team so hopefully you hit the ones that you do um but they also tend to go on cold and hot streaks as we've seen yeah it's it's tough because you kind of have to have some of those really highly owned players just Mm -hmm. almost to like hedge your bets where in Jake's situation, he found out personally when he didn't have Holland, and then Holland goes and bangs two hat tricks in a row. Yeah. Um, so you you know you have to make sure that you own the high owned players, but you For can also um, yeah you can find a good value in in those players who are are low percent. I guess Jake kind of hit it on the head, like pick the right players who are are low percentage owned and are going to get your returns. I think the analytics um, community on Twitter, the FPL analytics community on Twitter has some good information about like um, expected value or effective value based on ownership. I know Sir Talp has a great tool on his website, um, fploptimize.com. There's there's some good tools where you can kind of look at um, players' expected points, but also in, in regard to the context of how high or low they're owned. So you can see how much value they add to your team. You know, if they, if they have a huge haul and they're highly owned, it really doesn't make a difference in terms of your overall rank. But if they're, they're kind of lower, they have lower ownership and they have a, a decent number of points, they may actually have a more effective impact on your overall rank. So I would suggest going and checking out um, fploptimize.com as just a great tool. Also, follow some of those those Twitter accounts. Um, you know, I know Sir Talp is, is one of those guys that I, I do like to follow because he has great information and is putting out um, some good, good statistics there. I, I will say that I think there was um, some analysis that showed that if you owned Kane versus Holland, you could actually make up more ground. Um, I think that was before Holland went off and uh, banged like, 1200 goals in three games but um uh, i think it was up to like game week three if you owned kane over holland you were actually making up more ground even though i think holland had slightly more points you were capitalizing on differential points which 
um, as long as you were allocating those in your team elsewhere, it was working out well for you. So things to think about. I'm not an expert on kind of the added value of some of those differentials, but um, you know, at this point, I think there are some very, the template is, is very solid where there are some players that are super highly owned. Gabriel Jesus is one of those who's like in this like 75% ownership or 83% or something like that, which is kind of unreal for any FPL player in recent seasons. So keep that in mind when you're making your selections. Uh, Next question comes from Bobby Love. And this is more of a personal kind of almost like an attacking question towards Jake. But Jake, how do you feel now that he's up on you uh, by at least 100 points? It might be more at this point. I think this is an older question. Yeah, it's fine. Just not going to get into it. Not going to give him the satisfaction of <laughs> of you, you uh, feeling uh, remorse or like I don't know anger at Bobby for asking this question or being way better at you than FPL. I, yeah, I. I mean, no, I'm not upset at Bobby. I'm glad. I mean, a fellow Arsenal supporter, like I want him to do well, and he has more patience for this game. Think like. This game, it was not created well for Jake because I look at stuff and uh, I sit there and I like get excited to make switches and like you can't, right? Like I should play, do they do like one where you can just like reset your team every week, like get a wild card every week? That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah I think there's daily daily fantasy where yeah. you, or like, like a daily fantasy format where you choose a different lineup each week and you try to beat everyone else. I think yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a way that certain people play. Um, it definitely is true that you need to have patience playing FPL. I mean, I always say it, you know, like it's a marathon, so you have to have patience and you have to kind of have this endurance for the game and, and take your lumps and yeah, keep plugging away. I, you know, I don't think you can catch Bobby, but I, I think you could turn your season around. I think it's definitely possible. I appreciate that, Nick. I'm going to take that positive thoughts and I'm going to turn it into, you know, wins or whatever yeah let's go yeah motivation yeah also i think it's funny because i'm pretty sure bobby love lives in like the newcastle area but is an arsenal supporter so i don't know how that works (laughs) like as americans we get to choose whatever team we like watching as kind of like the team that we follow Mm. i always (laughs) thought that when you lived in the uk you had to follow the team that was like associated with the area that you live or grow up. So maybe Bobby grew up in like, uh, what is the North London? Is that where Arsenal is located? Yeah. So yeah. maybe he grew up. He'll have to uh, enlighten us on that one. But I think it's uh, otherwise it's questionable. Um, I'm questioning why is he a fan of Arsenal when he has a perfectly good Newcastle team that he could be supporting. Yeah. Um, so the other question from Bobby, which is not really an FPL question, but it's it's a great throwback to a segment that we would do occasionally in, in former pods, and it's it's called Lost in Translation. So, um, you know, a lot of listeners are in the UK or Europe, and they have funny little sayings for, um, you know, colloquialisms about whatever. Uh, we had bingo wings uh, one time as, as a little saying that we were supposed to translate. So... Um, I think I'm doing this wrong because I think we were supposed to do this at like the beginning of the pod and then try to use this saying like as many times as we could yeah, just uh, once. throughout the pod. Usually just but, once. Um, so the, the, the phrase is smash your pasty. Hmm. I think that's that's how it's pronounced. Smash your pasty, mate. Um, so any any thoughts on what that means? I mean, my guess is it's, you know, have a cold one with your pastor maybe 
with your pastor. Yeah. With your pastor. Like smash your pasty. Yeah. Like like go down to the church and have a beer with your, your pastor. Do they even have pastors in in the UK I, or I England think or so, whatever? Right? Like they have some Protestant churches, so maybe I okay. don't know. So. Like it like smash is like like usually it could be a, a sexual thing. Yeah, it could right? be a sexual thing with your pastor too. Like, Hard like, to say. And that would make a lot of sense too. I I could see that. Yeah. Um so pasty to me, I believe, is like uh it's a pastry, right? Like a Yeah. It's like a pastry that's filled with like meat and potatoes. Like uh, a so a savory maybe, pastry. Maybe it means like um maybe it means like eat your eat your uh eat your like your pastry fast <laughs> yeah like down in one like danny wah i don't know i was also thinking that this could have a sexual connotation if they think like pasty is like um like a form of human anatomy and like smash your pasties like let's do it or let's have sex yeah i mean there's there's definitely i feel like there's definitely some of that involved and i feel like bobby love you know that's what he's trying to hit on here classic Bob. can you can you use it in a sentence with a british accent we'll both go you just you go first and then i'll I'll do one uh i can't really do a british accent but i can try i'd love to hear it i don't think i've ever heard you do a british accent (laughs) i don't think i can that's more like marco's thing um all right all right lads we're gonna go down to the church and smash it past yeah, I can't do it. That that was literally just your normal voice <laughs> in kind of like a higher pitch without any kind of British accent. Yeah, I can't do I can't do accents. It's like, oh, I saw this bird at the club and I wanted to smash a pasty. <laughs> you wanna smash the bird or No, a bird is like a it's like a female. Oh I think, gotcha. in okay. like UK speak or England speak. I don't English English. English is such a confusing yeah, language. They, they, it's like chick, but like bird. So they say like, "Oh, I saw your bird. I want to smash a pasty." Yeah. Well. So that's that's how I would use it. I don't know if that's right or not, but anyways, okay. So, um, hopefully this pod wasn't too bad. I think we went a little bit longer than we were hoping for. Any any plans moving forward that you want to touch on, like in thirty seconds, like like a real quick, just kind of what's uh, your plan? Yeah, probably captaining Holland for the rest of the year. Um, put a put a vice on maybe Trent if he can make it past sixty minutes. We'll see. Um, and then I'm interested in bringing in Chilwell, actually, um, someone I've considered bringing in. Good fixtures. Don't know if he'll play. I don't know about the defense. They just get subbed all the time now, but. He's a good player, so I want him on my team. He'll be my differential. All right. Great. I love it. So my plan is to captain Sala based on the um, models that are out there. The FPL review is suggesting captaining Sala. Real quick, did you see that Diego Costa is coming back to the Premier League? I think uh, he signed with Wolves. Did you see that? No, that's amazing, though. Can't wait. I feel like I saw that on Twitter. I hope it wasn't like a, a lie or, you know, a troll or whatever. Yeah. I would love to see him back in the Premier League, just like, you know, getting in the mixer, mm-hmm. throwing punches, biting yeah. guys, getting headbutting heads. guys. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's just a great player to really throw a, a top team um, off their rhythm. So, with that, let's just close it out. 
thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at dive fpl we're on instagram we have a website maybe or maybe we don't anymore i think it's it's a broken link at this point you can follow us on facebook we won't interact with you there download our pod wherever podcasts are found i'm nick and i'm jake and remember you should dive.